Congratulations. Okay. Can you guess what we are going to do today? Do you want to introduce the fucking podcast first? No. But yes. Okay. (laughs) What's up, bitches? (laughs) This is your host, Morgan. Oh, God. What's up, bitches? This is your terrified co-host, Sierra. Rightly terrified co-host, Sierra. And this is Bitches and Murders. And now do you want to know what we're fucking talking yes. about today? Now that we have properly introduced ourselves, I will listen I'm to... I'm so excited. Okay, this I've never been so excited. I wish you guys could see what is happening in front of me. She's like got her hand on her hip holding this bougie-ass glass of wine. <laughs> My pinky out that I didn't <laughs> even notice until right out. now. <laughs> She's ready to fuck my day. <laughs> because you know what? I did the right fucking thing for once. Shout out to my friend Chase that I shouted out in the other episode. (laughs) I did the right fucking thing for once and I researched the right fucking killer and holy shit. I was not ready. (laughs) Well, I'm proud of you for doing the right thing. For once. The next right thing. (laughs) Don't do that to me. (laughs) So we're going to talk about. The Cleveland torso murderer. <laughs> I'm sorry, the what? You heard me. I don't like it. The Cleveland torso murderer, also known as the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. That's too much. Because uh, most of the victims came from an area just east of Kingsbury Run, which is like... That's too many words. Not a, it's not a great area. Like no, so, it's not. this happens back in like the 1930s, as you'll see, I and know. it was like obviously just like Great Depression-y. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like kind of like a shanty town. So there was like um, coming coming off of a global pandemic. Literally. So there's like an area called Kingsbury Run. It's just kind of like a. Like I said, like a shanty town, hobo town yeah. kind of village. And then there's a little area right next to it called the Rolling Thir- Roaring Third. Same thing. And that, that area was known for like bars, brothels, gambling. It was a party. It was also called the Hobo Jungle. So like if that gives <laughs> you any ideas of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So now we're going to. I'm I'm gonna read this word for word because I typed this at like 3 a.m. and uh, <laughs> oh no, here we go. So we're gonna mix it up this time and start with some goddamn murders, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> All of that was typed, including <laughs> my guy. My guy. Oh no! All right, let's do it. Murders. Murder. I don't know why I went Scottish there, but here I am. Murder. The official number of murders is ranked at 12, but it's thought that there could be closer to 20 or more victims instead. Oh, we'll talk. We'll get into that. Oh, good. Um, so the main victims were killed between 1935 and 1938, the 12. We'll talk about the extraneous ones later. So there were... A bunch of officers involved in this. This was a hu- this is like probably the biggest case the Cleveland police have ever had. Okay. Um, and we'll get more in detail into these people later. I'm just kind of gonna briefly like touch on them a little bit. Um, so lead detective Peter Marylow, he'll be important later. I also have a picture of him, and it's kind of hilarious that I'm definitely gonna post on the Instagram. Okay. And he thinks that there are 13 plus more victims throughout other parts of Cleveland, Youngstown, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that were found between 1920 and 1950. But obviously at this point, we'll probably never know. Like this was, you know, obviously quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. That was almost 100 years. That was almost 100 years ago. I know. It really hurts me, honestly. I don't like thinking about it. I just try to avoid it. Um, so the victims were mostly drifters who remained unidentified. Actually, only three out of the for sure known 12 victims were ever identified. Victims two, three, and eight. That's a bummer. Um, all of them seemed to be lower class individuals, like I said. And it made sense given this was like Depression era and these people were from shanty towns. Yeah. Um, also, we're going to talk about 
like another part of the shanty town is called Cleveland Flats. So if you hear me say that, it's just another shanty town. Okay. Basically, all these are just shanty towns. Can um, I just accept that the entirety of Cleveland is a shanty town? Yeah, basically, okay. especially in the fucking 1930s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I literally wrote, and they were known as working poor. And then in parentheses, I wrote, sound fucking familiar to now, LMAO? <laughs> I am a whole trash bag. And just the tone in which you said that, my brain was like, and they were roommates. <laughs> Why did you wait until I chugged wine <laughs> to say that? I didn't see what you were doing. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. It almost came out my nose. I wasn't ready. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. We're gonna uh, briefly touch a little... Actually, you know what? I briefly touched on kind of what happened to them, but I go wait more into detail later, so I don't think I'm going to let you know what happened to them yet. Oh, no. So we're just going to skip ahead a little bit. Okay. Skipping ahead. Skipping ahead. Anyways, so um, before I get into it, the police really didn't fuck this one up, honestly. It was like the 1930s... Very limited resources. Yeah. Forensic science was barely a thing. Um, so, like, obviously, most of the evidence and information has been lost forever. Um, for clarity, like, DNA evidence wasn't reliable until the 1980s. Yeah. And the FBI didn't even use DNA evidence until 1998. Um, and obviously, this is the 1930s. Um, another major complication in identifying the bodies or the extent of the torture was that most of the heads were never found. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what did you just say to me? We'll get to that. Um, and did obviously it? fingerprinting no, wasn't really We're not going to gloss over that like you didn't just say what you just said. Oh, I skipped the, the three paragraphs that I skipped ahead were all about that. But we're going to get way more into detail later. So I'm just going to wait till then. Their heads were never discovered? Well, he ain't called the torso and head murderer, is he? <laughs> I don't know what noise that was. <laughs> that was that was my body just rejecting everything you just said to me. I need to go refill my wine. <laughs> All right, I have my wine and I've gone potty and I have nuggets. I have a blankie. Let's fucking go. Okay. And so uh also with identifying the bodies, um, fingerprinting wasn't super useful. Um, some of it was because of decomposition, um, and also just fingerprinting wasn't widely used. Uh, okay. For fun facts on fingerprinting and why it wasn't widely used, um, fingerprinting was created in ni- 1892, which was way earlier than I thought. Yeah. Um, by Juan Vucetic. I said that wrong, but What's he's an you? Argentine police officer, chief police officer. Um, And he used it to solve the case of Francisca Rojas, who was found in a house with her and her two sons, and they all had their throats cut. Oh, good. Um, But the major fingerprinting database, APHIS, that we use today uh, wasn't created until the early 1980s. So, like, they did use fingerprinting, but obviously there was no way to really compare it to anybody. Yeah. And, yeah, like, you could only compare it if you had the suspect, but you also found fingerprints at the scene. It was just a whole big thing, obviously. Anyways. We're also going to talk about, before I get into things, because he'll pop up quite a bit, and if you research this case, you're going to hear this name a lot. Um, it's the name Elliot Ness. Um, Elliot Ness was the public safety director of Cleveland at the time, um, and so I don't know exactly everything they do, but I do know that they have authority over the police, like the fire department, like that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so he didn't really have much to do with the actual case, but like because he was in a position of power... Like Power. people, like he, you know what I mean. Like he was a politician with right. that had authority over it, so people were like looking to him to solve the case. Um, he did contribute to the arrest of one of the prime suspects. We'll talk about that later. Um, on the very less great side, uh, really don't like this part. He personally led raids on the shanty towns and literally burned down all of Kingsbury Run. Uh, he burned down about three hundred like like homes basically uh displaced hundreds and hundreds and hundreds 
of homeless people and uh it was not great it was I it, not great i hate all of the words that you just said um the killer also did not like ness and he literally placed the bodies of two of the victims in full view of his office in city hall which we will get to what later. a giant fuck you okay so this please let me know if this gets confusing because because they are not identified and there is so many of them mm-hmm. this might get a little bit confusing but well, I'm, we're gonna try our best here drinking red wine with fucking that's been aged in a whiskey barrel so i don't know how much help i'm gonna be but you know i'll try we'll try it I'll okay try. So, I'm first going to tell you the victims in order of discovery. Okay. And then later, I made a short list of them in order of actual killing time. So, if you would prefer to hear them in order of actual killing time, we'll get to that later. Anyways, so order of discovery. This is when the bodies were found, obviously. The first one. My man, Edward Androssi. Which, I just showed you a picture of him and that man was... Fine. He was so handsome. It's a real bummer that, you know, he was brutally murdered. Uh, Yeah, I will post a picture of him on the Instagram, but, like... He was very handsome. Incredibly handsome. He was a looker. Woo. Okay, so September 23rd, 1935. He was found near East 49th and Praha Ave. Interesting choice of names. That's a choice. And uh, I'm going to say a lot of street names. I, I feel like that's not going to be interesting to anyone, but people in Cleveland, but a lot of people like the really specific details. So I'm sprinkling them in there. Why not? There you go. So he was found lying about 30 feet from John Doe 1, who we'll get to, um, but he was actually the second victim. So found first, second victim. Okay. Um, he was castrated oh. and decapitated. Oh. And I have, I have pictures of both of those things, um, of his body where it was found and his head. Okay, I have a, I have, a, I have a quick question. Uh huh. I don't know how to eloquently phrase this question. So, you, 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 you said the heads were never discovered. Yes. Not all of them. Some okay. of the heads were discovered. Um, what happened to the testicles? We don't know. You know, they were never discovered. That's cool. Cool, 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 cool. We'll get, we'll cool, get to cool, all cool, of cool, that later. Cool, cool. Um, cool. So <laughs> the body was naked except for a pair of socks. Um, it was also clean. <laughs> Why is that the thing you that know I'm men most in their ups- socks? Why is that the thing that I'm most upset about so far? You know men in their socks. I fucking hate it too. I hate socks so. Even much. killers do this shit. Stop. Fucking stop. The body was also cleaned and drained completely of blood. That's a choice. And the skin was treated with an unidentified chemical preservative that caused the skin to become red and leathery. They never found out what, though. Uh, And he was only laying there for two to three days before he was found. What? So number two. What? Number two is John Doe 1. Okay. He was found September 23rd of 1935 in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, he was never identified, obviously. That's why he's John Doe. Um, he was also castrated and decapitated, but his head was also recovered. Um, his skin had also been treated by the same chemical, and it was estimated to... He was estimated to have been there for about seven to ten days, um, but... It, Originally, they were like, okay, we think it's like seven to ten days. And later, they changed that to like three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. So, that makes him the first victim. Right. So, our third victim was a woman. (coughs) Her name is Florence Genevieve Polillo. That's a name. And she was a waitress, a barmaid, and a prostitute (coughs) who lived at East 32nd Street in Carnegie. Yeah, I know. That's a weird array of jobs to do all at once but she dabbled she dabbled she dabbles jack of all trades master of none well i guess we don't know that she i guess she could have been a master of one 
<laughs> I didn't even mean to make that rhyme, but here we are. <laughs> January 26th, 1936. She was found... Well... The first part of her was found between 2315 and 2325 East 20th Street in downtown Cleveland outside the Hart Manufacturing Building. The fuck did you just say to me? Half of the body was wrapped in newspaper and packed into two separate half bushel baskets. February 7th of 1936 you're just glossing over things like you didn't just say like you what you just said but don't you want to know when they found the rest of her body (laughs) sure they found it at 1419 orange ave and uh in like a vacant lot um her body had been dismembered obviously um and the head was never recovered um, she was estimated to have been there two to four days-ish, and she was the third victim. Um, and also, this one was weird because he waited till the body went into rigor mortis before he dismembered it. And we'll see later on that that is, was not always the case. A lot of these people did not get that lucky. Oh, good. So, we're on to the fourth body found. Who was John Doe 2, also known as the Tattooed Man. Oh, okay. He's my favorite. So he was found June 5th of 1936 at Morgan Run near East 55th Street. And no, I don't just like him because he was found at my name. I was just about <laughs> to make that joke. Yeah. Uh, so two young boys found the head of a white male wrapped in a pair of trousers. I don't like that. And he had been decapitated while still alive. Oh, I don't like that. He was estimated to have been there about two days before being discovered. Uh, The next day, the body of a 20-something-year-old man that belonged to the head was found in front of the Nickel Plate Railroad Police Building. Jesus. It had also been cleaned and drained completely of blood, Mm -hmm. though this one was not dismembered. I'm pretty sure it was, like, the only corpse that wasn't dismembered. I He was actually the fifth victim, though he was the fourth body found. That's why I said this gets kind of, like, confusing. Um, So he was estimated between, like, 20, 23 years old. He was white, had reddish-brown hair, brown eyes. He was about 5'10", and he was pretty slim. He only weighed, like, 165 pounds. His underwear were marked with the initials JD, um, but unfortunately, they never found out who he was. Um, He was called the Tattooed Man because he had six tattoos on his body, and I know every single one of them and their locations. Of course you do. So he had the word Cupid tattooed on his right ankle. He had a butterfly on his left shoulder. Don't like that. He had the head of a comic book character called Jigs on his left ankle. Uh, he's like a walking shit post. I love it. Yeah. Um, he had a bird and band and then the names Helen and Paul on the inside of his left forearm. Um, the outside of his right forearm was a heart and an anchor in red and blue. And then the inside of his right forearm was a flag and the initials WCG. So the fact that no one could identify this man with such specific yeah. tattoos kind of blows my mind, honestly. Honestly, though. Um, I also have pictures of him as well i'm about to get like hi my name is sierra monahan like tattooed somewhere honestly maybe you should you never know like, what might happen that doesn't i thought Help i was the police. good because i have like identifiable tattoos but like apparently i'm not good you know i've always thought people getting their own names tattooed on them is dumb but now it makes now sense I get it. you're just waiting to get murdered now i get it you're just trying to do the police a favor i should get it out like the bottom of my foot like like the toy story <laughs> like Andy's boot just like oh god i can't imagine how bad that would hurt to get done though uh i don't i feel like you probably couldn't walk for like a couple weeks. yeah yeah Ooh. no i take that back oh okay let's talk about the fifth victim okay well not the fifth victim but the fifth found victim who is john doe three 
July 22nd, 1936, in the Big Creek area of Brooklyn, which is west of Cleveland. Okay. A teenage girl came across the decapitated body of a 40-ish year old white male while she was walking through the woods near Clinton Road and Big Creek. He had been dismembered while still alive. His head was recovered nearby as well as bloody clothing. That went straight up my nose. That wine aged in a whiskey barrel went straight up my nose. That did not feel good. It did not feel good at all. Were you surprised about the decapitation at this point? Are we no, surprised? I just <laughs> I don't know what got I think I think I don't know what got to me. Because it gets worse. Oh god. It gets worse. I just could you imagine being a teenage girl just like minding your own business, just like oh, da, 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 there's a decapitated body. I mean the other boys were like ten. So, so much therapy. So the clothes were all muddy and they had been piled near his head about 10 feet from his nude body. Oh, good. Um, there were bloodstains on the coat and his blue polo shirt. And he was the only West Side victim. Um, so he was there about two months before he was found. So, you know, he was just a little gnarly as well. Um, and he had been killed probably sometime in like May of 1936. Um, there was a large amount of blood that had, like, soaked into the soil and, like, around. Like, it, it was obviously he had been killed there. Right. Um, but he was actually the fourth victim. So. Six. <gasps> John Doe, four. <laughs> he was found September 10th of 1936 in Kingsbury Run. A homeless man stumbled along the upper half of a man's torso while trying to jump a train near East 37th Street. Oh, God. The police searched, like, this big... Kingsbury Run is known for its just giant open sewer. It's, like, known for its sewer system, and there's, like, a giant pit that's just an open sewer. Yeah. That's got it vibes. (laughs) And the police had to search that with divers. Nope. And they found the lower half of the torso and... Parts of some of the legs. Mad props. I think we said this last time, but mad fucking props to police divers. Yeah, because y'all are the real MVPs. And sewer. Oh, God. Y'all are the real MVPs. The head was never found. Of course it wasn't. But the body was to be believed to be killed well alive by decapitation. Oh, good. So the coroner, which is a man named um, Pierce... He believed the wounds to be caused by an experienced person, and he noticed that there was a lack of, like, sorry, a lack of uh, hesitation marks. So he just fucking went for it. Yeah, and I mean, also, if you think about it, this is, like, his sixth victim, so, like, you know, he's probably getting used to it at this point. Um, So he was there about two days before he was found, and he actually was the seventh victim. Sorry, not the sixth. Sixth found, seventh victim. I hate this. There was an estimated 600 people who watched the police search for the body. Like, like actively were just milling around as police were like diving and shit. And they're like, yeah, cool. They're doing a thing. Well, I mean, you also have to think they're in the middle of a shanty town. Like there's just hundreds of people there with literally no jobs, like nothing to do. Uh, Also, over the course of this case, the entire like, you know, police force combined interviewed over 5,000 people. Oh, Lord. In connection to this case. So, like, they took their shit yeah. seriously. Like, they were not fucking they around. They did the damn thing. And I'll get more into that later because there's also, like, some of the stuff they did is really funny to me. Um, So, body number seven. Jane Doe number one. <laughs> found February 23rd of 1937 in Euclid Beach on the Lake Erie shore. Not that far from us. I don't like that. Uh, the victim was found at the exact same spot as the 1934 Lady of the Lake victim. We'll get to that. Oh, no. And her head was never found. Oh, no. A man stumbled along the upper half of her torso, and they kind of estimated that she was probably in like her mid-30s. And then the lower half of her torso washed up three months later around East 30th Street. She was there mm, 
three to four days before being found, and she was the eighth victim. But she had not been decapitated before death. So, like, her decapitation was actually post-mortem for once. I think there was, like, only, other like, one other person that was like that. I just... I've mentally checked out of this case already. Oh, we're not done. We got so much more. Yeah, I know. And that's what concerns me. Eight. Well, on eight, which is Jane Doe number two. She was found June 6th of 1937 beneath the Lorraine Carnegie Bridge. This one's a fun one. A teenage boy found a human skull. Next to the human skull was a burlap sack. You want to know what was in the burlap sack? A torso. The rest of her body. (laughs) She was the only African-American victim. She had been decapitated, obviously, and she was also missing a rib. Um, She was there about a year before she had been found. Um, So she was probably killed around June 1936, and she was the sixth victim. It was thought that she could possibly be Rose Wallace, um, which was like a 40-ish year old woman who had gone missing. um, Because the dental work was like a very, very close match. But because her dentist had died a few years previously, they couldn't get like an exact match. Even though like it was basically an exact match and then like her son like saw her and was like yeah that's her like her son had no doubt that that was her oh i hate that but there also was like a little bit of debating because wallace had been missing for 10 months but the body was estimated to like have been there for about a year but honestly I think it was just kind of shitty 1930s forensics. Yeah. Like, 10 months to 12 months is, like, a pretty similar window. You know what I mean? Right. So, I think that, you know, and and basically everyone else thinks that it's her. Like, I mean, her dental work was a match. Even her son was like, yeah, that's fucking her. Like, it's definitely her, you know? Anyways. Body number nine, which is John Doe number five. (laughs) He was found July 6th of 1937, and he was pulled out of the Cuyahoga River in the Cleveland Flats by a National Guardsman who had been brought in to handle some labor issues. So, basically, people were getting real salty about the Great Depression and not finding work, and they brought in a bunch of National Guard to stop them from, like, protesting and shit. Yeah, not great. So uh, you'll you'll really love this one. Oh, no. He saw the first piece of her float by near the West 3rd Street Bridge. Oh, no. Over the next couple of days, they found the rest of the bits of the body, but never the head. The abdomen had been gutted and the heart had been ripped out which seemed to indicate that the killer was increasing his level of violence. Why? Um, he was there, or sh- he, yeah, sorry. He was there about two to three days before being found and was the ninth victim. And he was estimated to be in his mid to late thirties, but obviously was never identified. We're almost, almost there. <laughs> Body number 10, also known as Jane Doe number three. Okay. Found April 8th of 1938 in the Cuyahoga River on, uh, oh, I forgot about this one. Oh, no. On April 8th, her lower leg was recovered oh, no. by a young laborer who thought it was a dead fish washed up on the banks. May 2nd, a human thigh was found floating in the river to the east of the West 3rd Street Bridge. So the police were like, Obviously, we're going to investigate this. Mm -hmm. So they searched under the bridge and found two burlap sacks that had her headless torso cut into halves, another thigh, and a left foot. The head and the rest of the body were never recovered. Why? She was the only victim that was found with... You're going to hate this. She was the only victim that was found with drugs in her system. But they, okay, they weren't sure. They were like, okay, is she a drug addict or d- is he drugging them now? Right. So they thought that this would be answered when they found her arms, but they never did. 
Like they never found her arms? Never. Because they were like, oh, we'll find her arms. We'll see if she has, like, you know, track marks. Right. Stuff like, yeah, they never found her arms. Uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. And then there was about three to five days from her murder to when she was found, and she was the 12th victim. Body number 11. Oh, Jesus. Jane Doe number four. <laughs> found August 16th of 1938 at the East 9th Street Lakeshore Dump. By three scrap collectors who found the torso of a woman wrapped in a man's double-breasted blue blazer. Try saying that five times fast. Absolutely not. And wrapped in an old quilt. When, you know, they looked around for the rest of the body, the legs and the arms were found in a, like, newly constructive, like, makeshift box that had been wrapped in brown butcher paper and held together with rubber bands. And then they found the head in another box made exactly the same way, a little bit away. And some parts of the body looked like they had been refrigerated. And she was there around four to six months before being found. So she was probably killed like February to April of 1938. So she was the 11th victim. And while they were doing that lovely little uh you know search for her body mm-hmm. they found body number 12 Yay. which was John Doe number 6 he was found August 16th 1938 obviously exact same place um like i said they were looking for her body and found his as well um he had also been decapitated and his head was found shoved in a can what And he had been there seven to nine months before being found. So he was killed between like November 1937 and January 1938. So he was the 10th victim. And both of these victims were the ones that were found in plain view of the that guy's city hall window. Yeah, we're not going to gloss over that. Like you didn't just say what you just said. Did you say his head was in a can? Yeah, his head was shoved in a can. Like, uh, I... What? What? They didn't specify what kind of can, so the level of gruesomeness of that could vary. But uh, I hate it regardless of what kind of can it was, to be honest. I just... I'm, I'm trying to picture that, and I'm like... I hate it. I just hate it. So much more to go, but all of the murdery stuff is out of the way. But now you can be ready to be mad. Oh, no. Okay. Okay, so real quick, like I said, I'm going to get just read off real fast the the people in order of when they were actually murdered, since I did them in, in order, order of discovery. when they were found. So, yeah. But I'm obviously not going to repeat all the details. Okay. Um. So the first murder was John Doe 1. Mm-hmm. Then Edward Andrasi, mm-hmm. Florence Polillo, John Doe 3, John Doe 2, Jane Doe 2, John Doe 4, Jane Doe 1, John Doe 5, John Doe 6, Jane Doe 4, and then Jane Doe 3. And I said, like I said, it's very confusing. No, I got uh, it. I just... Yeah. I, it's it's uh, a lot of... <laughs> Anyways, and also if anyone cares and is nearby and wants to leave condolences, um, Edward Andrasi was buried in St. Mary's Cemetery in Cleveland. Florence Polillo was buried in Pennsylvania, but I couldn't find the cemetery. Um, John Doe's one, two, four, the Lady of the Lake, and Jane Doe one were all buried in the Pottersfield section of Highland Park Cemetery in Highland Park in Cuyahoga County. So, that's kind of cool. <laughs> okay, so now we're also going to talk about... I lied, we're not done with murder, sorry. <laughs> I forgot that there was other victims as well. So, uh, okay. we're going to talk about those. But there's only three of those. Okay. So, well... There's a lot more than three, but we're only going to talk about three. It's fine. 
So there was the Lady of the Lake that I keep referring to. Um, she was found near Euclid Beach on the Lake Erie shore on September 5th of 1934. And a lot of people consider her... She, they, Everyone thinks she was the first victim, but because they already have, like, a first victim, people consider her, like, victim zero. Okay. Um, so only the lower portion of her torso and her upper legs were found. Her thighs were attached, but her legs had been amputated at the knees. Yeah, why? And then a few other random body parts were found when they searched the lake. And she had also been treated with a chemical preservative that was found to, like, turn the skin, like, red and leathery. And she had been there for around three to four months. And she was a white woman around, like, 33 to 37. But she's obviously never been identified. Yeah. And then... (laughs) I literally titled this one John Doe Part a Million. No, no. So the headless body of a man was found in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, in a boxcar on July 1st of 1936. Mm-hmm. Three other headless victims were found in boxcars near McKee's Rocks, Pennsylvania, on May 3rd of 1940. And they all literally were killed in, like, the exact same way. It was, like, the exact same MO as the Cleveland Torso murderer. Okay. They also found more dismembered bodies in the swamps near Newcastle, Pennsylvania, between 1921 and 1934, and then again between 1939 and 1942. So kind of like before and after the Cleveland Torso murders. Okay. And um, these are also referred to as the murder swamp killer, because this area where all these bodies are found is now referred to as the murder swamp, which is kind of hilarious. Um, but people think that they're the same, same person. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, so not only were they the exact same MO, but New- first of all, Newcastle's murder swamp area was like exactly the same as Kingsbury Run. Yeah. Like it was like a shanty town, same right. time period. You know what I mean? And the two areas are actually connected by the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad line, which runs twice a day between those two cities. Oh, that's convenient. And so Peter Marylow, the lead detective I mentioned earlier, believed that these were committed by the same person and he would actually ride the railroad undercover constantly trying to find the killer or any clues and i have a picture of him dressed like a hobo to go undercover which is fucking hilarious he's literally holding a stick with a handkerchief that's amazing (laughs) that sounds like he fucking pinterest like hobo and just went for it yeah literally literally um and then the last suspected victim was robert robinson which rude rude parents yeah stop um he was found july 22nd of 1950 at 2138 davenport ave in cleveland he was 41 at the time of his death he had been dead around six to eight weeks and was also decapitated um his mo and his lifestyle fit perfectly the profile of the other victims he had been estranged from his family. He had a police record. He was an alcoholic. Um, and like I said, like he was killed exactly the same way. So that was like, that's thought to be like the last murder. Okay. I think the thing that makes me like so not okay at the moment is like there's no victim profile. No, like, it's not it's because it's men. It's women. It. It's just, it, I think they're all just mostly opportunity. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about the suspects. Okay. Because normally we talk about this, you know, the guy first. The guy. But this time we're talking about the murders first. And now we're going to talk about the guy. The guy. The guy. The guy. So August 24th of 1939, Cleveland resident Frank Dolezal, who was 52, was arrested as a suspect in Florence Polillo's death. And he also had connections to Edward Andrasi and to Rose Wallace. So they were like, ooh, this guy... He yeah. knows people. He, he knows people. <laughs> That's kind of how friendships work. You just kind of know people. Um, so he did confess, but it sounded like rehearsed. Like, and so, like, if they would ask a question mm-hmm. that, like, could be expected, he had, like, a well, coherent, rehearsed response. But then if they asked him something, like, 
a little different or just asked him about something like not about the case. Mm-hmm. Like he was like rambly. He was like incoherent. You really couldn't understand what the fuck he was talking about. Like he sounded, you know, just like a, you know, an alcoholic, that yeah. type of, you know. So like it was clear that like someone had coached him on exactly what he should say and it just broke down every time they asked him something that he didn't have a convenient like rehearsed answer for yeah he was a scapegoat basically exactly so like he had he was never officially convicted um but the reason he was never officially convicted because honestly he might have even though it was clear that he didn't fucking do it um because he died under suspicious circumstances in the Cuyahoga county jail when he hung himself oh he fucking epstein this bullshit from a hook in his cell catch though he was 5'8 and the hook was only 5'7 from the floor which which you could kill yourself on you can just bend your knees and you can slowly suffocate and it's fucking unpleasant but you can do it and people do it yeah however Add in a little more suspicion when you add in the fact that he had six broken ribs found in his Hmm. autopsy that he didn't have before he went to the jail. That's not how strangulation works. So, uh, obviously it kind of seems like the cops were looking for someone to arrest for this. They coached him on the answers they wanted him to give. And then when he clearly couldn't hold it together enough to be a suspect, they often yeah so we're gonna talk about the only other suspect oh god which is dr francis sweeney the shit gets weird the shit gets weird dude i'm sorry did you just tell me that sweeney (laughs) the shit gets weird so So this man of uh the demon barber of fleet street we've got the demon butcher of cleveland Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he was born May 5th of 1894. He was a veteran of World War One. And do you want to know what he did in World War One? Killed people. No, even better. He was the part of a medical unit that only conducted in-field amputations. That's convenient. Holy shit. So he was actually, like I said, mentioned earlier, he was the suspect that Elliot Ness, like, actually was, like, involved with. Like, really the only part of the case that he had been involved with. Uh He also failed two of the early polygraph tests. And uh, some people, including Leonard Keeler, which was the guy who gave him the polygraph tests, were like, yeah, he did it. Yeah. Um, You've told me literally nothing about this man except that he served in the military as a fucking field amputee doctor and i'm already convinced that he did it uh so he was actually the cousin however of nessa's political opponent congressman martin l sweeney and they didn't even try to prosecute him because of this and then sweeney ended up committing himself which i actually couldn't find out on like what grounds but it seems like psychological like it sounds like he was like in a mental hospital um and the investigation just kind of stopped there and from the hospital sweeney sent weird threats written on postcards to elliot ness and his family all the way through the 1950s god why and then he died in a veterans hospital in dayton july 9th of 1964 i mean yay he's dead but jesus yeah, so there's a few, like, other, like, there's, like, another theory. Like, 19, in 1997, like, they came up with this theory that, like, maybe there were multiple killers. And, um, because there was, like, a little bit of discrepancies on the autopsies. So, like, Arthur J. Pierce, who was the Cuyahoga County coroner, said that the cuts were professional. Mm-hmm. But then... In other cases, he said that they seemed amateurish, which honestly makes fucking perfect sense because they would be amateurish before you become a professional. But um, and then his successor. So like when he stepped down, the guy who was appointed in his place was called this dude named Samuel Gerber. And he was a media whore like this man. Like he was known for like wildly sensationalizing cases to like get attention. So like that just like made everything so like even more fucking confusing. Right. Um, and this is honestly probably 
I feel like the real reason the theory that there might be multiple killers happened just because he, he just kind of fucked everything up, you know? Yeah. And so if you want to, well, that that's it's it. I'll talk about this in a second, but yeah, that's it. There's no bow. There's no, we don't know who did it. We'd have no fucking idea. Uh, my formal vote is with uh, Dr. Sweeney. See, but the thing is, the last murder happened in 1950, and he was committed in hospital. Like, he was committed from, like, 1930, what was it, like, 1939 or something mm, like that? Copycat. Something like that. I think he did the initial set, and then the co- a copycat did the 1950. Plus, I couldn't find if there was any proof if he had ever traveled down to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Because it kind of seems like whoever did it... Unless they were, like, friends, maybe? But, like, the fact that they conveniently, like, there was murders happening in Pennsylvania, and then they kind of traveled up to Cleveland, and then when the Cleveland one stopped, the Pennsylvania one started again. Right. And it's, like, the railroad that literally connects the two places. Like, it seems pretty reasonable that it's probably the same person. You know? for sure. So, which wouldn't make sense, because if he was a doctor... And doing, like, military service and all that. Like, he wouldn't really be able to travel back and forth like that. So, I'm unsure. And the worst part about all of this, which has gotten a little better in 2011, but after all of this, uh, all of the records were either lost or destroyed. What the fuck? Literally all of them. Um, It only, like, these details have only come to light in 2011 because the daughter of um peter marylow found his old case files on this and like gave them to the like the cleveland police but up until that point like all of the details were lost so like that's why it's a little convoluted yeah it's a little convoluted and also just like i don't know much about you know like the suspects and stuff just because yeah. No one fucking does. Like, the records, like, just don't exist, you know? Oh, that's fucking ridiculous. If you do want to learn more about this, which, why wouldn't you? Um, The Cleveland Police Museum had, first of all, if you just go there, which I know you can't right now, but when things open up again, if you go there, they have a huge exhibit on this. They have all the death masks of, like, f- they have four of the victims' death masks. Um, they have... A bunch of photos like uh, that's where that's i got cool. all the photos i'm gonna show you and um so they had like a lot of really cool stuff there so they had also like a lot of this detail um unsolved mysteries did an episode on this if you like that show i fucking love it um there's also a few books um dr james Bedall wrote a book called in the wake of the butcher and another book called though murder has no tongue um, that were really good. Um, there's a documentary from Mark Wade Stone entitled The 14th Victim, Elliot Ness and the Torso Murders. Huh. Um, there's also <laughs> there's also a fictional movie called Kingsbury Run that came out in 2017. And uh, I watched the trailer and it looked fucking awful and horribly cringy and it's all fictional. Um, so, so we're going to watch I'm- it. I couldn't force myself to watch it before this. Oh, no. Um, so if any of you watch it, please let me know because the YouTube trailer was rough. It was... It was rough. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that one. Do, do you feel... Do you see why I was so excited to do this case now? Yeah. Do, do, you, do you feel good? No. No, I don't. I absolutely do not. I live to ruin your day. I hope I you know, know you this. Do. I know. <laughs> I get way more joy from this than I probably should. Yeah, a little bit. I can't believe I didn't do this one sooner. I'm ashamed of myself. Just... Though, honestly, the other Cleveland one was still pretty dope. I'm not mad at that one at all. Yeah, that one was good. So I'm not, I'm not the bad just... this happened. <sighs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I feel like your cases always just make me angry. Yeah. They're never, like, disturbing. They're just, like, you just are really mad. Yeah, I'm just really mad, and then I just give you nightmares for the next three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I I just... What? What the fuck? 
Ah, uh, what can I say? I have one talent and it is clearly disturbing people. <laughs> you really do. So, uh, shout out again to Chase because, uh, fuck you, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This was amazing and I'm so glad you told me about this and I hope I told you some facts that you didn't already know. I'm just kidding. I love your face, but fuck you. <laughs> so, uh, you know the deal. Follow us on all the shit. Facebook, Patreon, t- everything. Twitch. Fuck, my brain now. just short circuited. Uh, literally YouTube. Literally yeah. everything that isn't Twitter is Bitches and Murders podcast. And, and then, then Twitter is and Murders. Yeah. Um, we also have a Facebook group called Bitches and Murders podcast group. Yep. And we share memes, shit like that. It's super fun. Join our Patreon because the... Uh, $10 tier, which is the Rippers and up, you can specifically request a case and we will cover it for you. So do that thing. That thing's awesome. And there's lots of fun content on there as well. And we also <laughs> opened... Lots of fun content on there as well. I don't know why that came out in a Southern accent, but that's here. That's where we are that's now. That's where we are. And you can also, you can also shop <laughs> at our merch store that Ooh. we just opened. woo that's on all our social media as well check out our cool shit if you have any suggestions recommendations shit you want to see we love to hear it yeah so do the things and follow us on the things so uh stay spooky but not so spooky that um you know honestly just any of this is just bad just stay spooky, but not so spooky that you jam somebody's head into a can. I like that you're stuck on the can. I really am. I think I'm stuck on the, the. I don't know why, but the uh, the lady who found the the barrels next to the heart manufacturing building. Like, can you imagine just seeing like, you, you know, like the little apple bushel yeah. barrels like those? It was like two of those and they were like wrapped in newspaper. So you couldn't tell what was in it. Like, can you imagine just seeing that and being like, oh, like, I wonder who, like, what, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, who yeah. left this here? And then open it and there's just a... A body. Chopped up body missing some significant chunks. Like, yeah. and I also hate that most of the victims were found by children. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Like, the majority of the victims were found by children. Uh, that's a lot of trauma and therapy. That you know they didn't get because it was the 1930s. Yep. So, they uh, grew up to be alcoholics. Stay spooky, but not so spooky that you don't get your child therapy after they find <laughs> dead bodies. Uh, I mean, just stay spooky, but not so spooky that you don't have a therapist, period. Everybody needs a therapist. I don't care who you are. You need a therapist. Yeah, you, you, Go see a therapist. Everyone needs a therapist. I don't care how well adjusted you are. Everyone needs a therapist. And I'm not saying that because I am a therapist. I'm saying that because it's true. <laughs> I would so. very much like to be done. <laughs> uh, I think I can arrange that. Keep it spooky. <laughs> <laughs>